I have such a treat for you this week on the podcast. I have a special guest, Eileen Clausen, who is joining us. And if you have been around for a while, she is not going to be a surprise guest to you. She has been on before sharing all things concerning reading because she is just an expert on that. But specifically for today, we are going to be diving into fluency within our read-alouds. If you've been keeping up here, you know that we've been talking about the read-aloud as a whole. But let me introduce Eileen to you, and then we're going to get right into this episode where she is sharing five tips for how you can be able to embed and incorporate this fluency skill into your read-aloud. Now, Eileen is a certified reading specialist. She's a literacy consultant and a curriculum designer who loves sharing literacy tips for teaching readers. She specializes in kindergarten through fifth grade and can often be found sharing literacy tips on her blog or social media at Literacy with Eileen Clausen. She has a huge passion for small group reading because she has seen the impact that it has on readers of all ability levels. Creating engaging resources around literacy is one of the ways that she loves to connect with students and teachers all around the world. She believes that building confidence in readers is one of the most important things that teachers can do, and I am so excited to have her come on and share these ideas and these tips with you. So once again, this episode is going to be about how you can use your read aloud to specifically focus on fluency and help your students to become the most fluent readers that they can be. I'm just so excited because I know that you are going to find value. You're going to find inspiration with everything that she shares. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Literacy Dive podcast. Now, again, as you heard in the intro, we have a special guest on, but she is not a new guest to this podcast. She has been on a couple of times before, but if you are new to the podcast and you are just listening for the first time, or maybe this is your second, third, or fourth episode, then I am going to have this guest introduce herself. And if you've been listening, you would know that we are in a topic about read-alouds and more so thinking about the fluency piece of the read-alouds for today. And so as I was coming up with some ideas to share with you, I figured, why am I going to do this episode on fluency with read-alouds? Instead, I can just get an expert on fluency. And so that is what I have done for you today. So without further ado, I have Eileen on for the podcast today. She is a fluency queen. She's going to be sharing all of the tips for you. But Eileen, could you introduce yourself to our listeners before we dive into this topic of fluency within read-alouds. Yes. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me back on here. I'm so excited. So I'm Eileen Clausen, and I'm a certified reading specialist. I spent lots of years working with reading intervention students, and now I focus on helping teachers all over the place do all sorts of engaging activities with regard to literacy 
And I'm just so excited to chat about fluency because it is absolutely my most favorite thing to talk about when it comes to literacy in the classroom. Yes, I whenever I think of fluency or whenever teachers are asking or the main thing, you know, my my kids are reading like a robot. They they're pausing, they're going too fast and not stopping. I instantly am like, "Up, oh, check out this site because you definitely are all things fluency." So, I'm so thrilled that you are back on the show today. And so what Eileen is going to be doing is sharing five tips for focusing on fluency when it comes to your read aloud because so often I know that we think about small groups or one-on-one time with students and trying to bridge that gap of teaching them one-on-one with fluency, but this can be done by way of a read aloud. And so that is what we're going to be touching on today. So we are just going to jump right into these five tips. And so Eileen, can you kick us off with tip number one? Yes. And I just want to say, I know like most of your audience is upper elementary. And a lot of times when we think of like upper elementary readers, we think like, oh, they've got this. They're super fluent. They can do it. But it turns out like there's so many aspects to fluency that you can actually focus on with students, even if they've already got like accuracy down, you still want them to be doing all those other things. And like read alouds are the easiest way to like incorporate it into your daily activities so that you can make sure that students are improving their fluency. So first tip is actually teacher modeling, of course. So with this, you want to make sure that you are showing students what a fluent reader looks like. I love doing like the example and the non-example. You can do this, you know, a few times a month, whatever it is, but you want students to see what it sounds like to be someone who is not doing robot reading versus when you are doing robot reading. Because a lot of times students will think they're doing something super well. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, I actually sound like that other way. So you can actually just use your read aloud as a way to show what you are as a fluent reader. So that's like where you are adding expression in your read aloud. You're the one who's showing them what a smooth reader does, how to chunk words and all those different things that really show readers what it means to read fluently. So that's so key because I know that it's like the standard thing, no matter if you're teaching reading or math or writing or science, it's like you have to model for students to be able to do it. And so I think we hear that so much that we honestly like forget that we actually have to do it. And so I love that this first tip is modeling because it seems like it's just like rocket science. Like, oh, yeah, that's immediately it. But how often are you actually doing that and showing all of the parts of what it is to be a fluent reader, focusing on expression, punctuation, how smooth it is, being able to like chunk certain parts and phrase. And it's really tricky for kids and especially in upper elementary, like you said, If they didn't have a solid foundation, it only gets harder when they're having to read paragraphs and passages and things like that. So I love these tips for modeling, and this can definitely be done by way of the read aloud. So awesome for tip number one. Okay, what is the second tip that we could do to focus on fluency when it comes to our read aloud? Okay, so this kind of piggybacks off of what you're saying. Like teacher modeling is something that we know we should do, but sometimes we are like, okay, let's just move on. I just want to read the book. So it's just being really intentional with it. So you want to make sure that you're being specific with regard to what your focus is when it comes to focusing on fluency in your read aloud. So this doesn't take long, but it's just saying something like, okay, today while I'm reading this book, our fluency focus of the day is, and then you're going to provide information about whatever it is that you're doing. So not only are you basically defining like accuracy, but you're also reminding them of what that looks like. So you might be saying something like, oh, today, watch how I pause at the end of these sentences. Pay attention to when you see a comma, like if you're holding the book up and see how my voice takes a little break and then we keep going. 
listen to how I'm chunking the words together to make it more smooth. So you're just being very specific so that students are hyper aware of what they're listening for as you're doing it. So then they can go and do that on their own as well. And then again, you can just make sure that you're telling them and you can even pause while you're reading. So you can say like, did anyone notice what I did just there? Like, how could you tell that I was reading with expression? Like, what did you hear in my voice? So like going back and like really pulling them into it so that they're seeing it, they're hearing it, but then they're also making you aware like, oh, yeah, Mrs. Clausen, you just paused or your voice changed because that one part of it was a question like that kind of thing. So really pulling them into it and making them aware. No, that's really good. And I think that how often do we want our students to be able to explain what it is that they're learning? It's almost the same thing as like, this is the standard that you're doing for reading and you want them to be able to tell that to your admin when they walk in for an observation. And so it's almost like treating this with that same type of care and intention so that they can understand. And I think too, having that focus of the day, like today we are focusing on this and I want you to watch this and then having them say, what did you notice? I think that also will remind them that there are so many layers and pieces to fluency. It is not just not reading like a robot. And so at least if they can start hearing that, it'll definitely make them aware of those different parts that they can be aware of. And I love what you had said about, you know, having them repeat back, what did you see me do? And then even having them, you know, be just really aware that way. So I love it. I am quickly interrupting this episode to share about a seasonal game changer. Have you ever wanted to teach about various holidays and seasonal events, but just can't figure out how to make it align with your standards or how to fit it into your schedule? Well, I have a solution that incorporates reading and writing skills. My Seasonal Literacy Activities Bundle includes over 20 special days and is great for whole group, small group, and literacy centers. Each set teaches the history of the holidays your students know and love or may not even be familiar with yet. It also includes comprehension questions and six different genres of writing tasks. You can now teach the meaning of holidays and special events with ease and alignment using this resource. Your students will be reading, discussing, and writing with a purpose. To check out the seasonal bundle, head to theliteracydive.com slash season. Okay, what is next? Okay, so on the note of like making sure you're including students in your read aloud so that they can practice at the same time, there's three different ways that you can do this. So my first one is shared reading. And a lot of times we think of shared reading when it comes to like early readers, like kindergarten, first grade, but it's also something you can do with upper elementary. It's just a matter of picking a good text for it. So you want the students to be joining in and copying your version of fluent reading. So like if you have a pattern text that has something where you can come back and like, you know, they can have fun with read alouds that are just, you know, different parts are repeating and getting students to then like add their own expression and really make them feel like they're part of your read aloud. So it's not just you sitting there like reading the book. It's also like, okay, guys, it's your turn. Join me. Let's hear you read fluently and add expression just like I did. Another one is echo reading. Same thing. You're going to have your students repeating a few lines to sound just like you. So you're, you told them at the beginning, like today, we're focusing on reading smoothly. I'm going to do this page first. And then I want everyone to join in and do it along with me. So it kind of gives you an idea too, of like, you're going to have students who are still sitting there like, and they don't sound like you. So then it kind of gives you an idea of like, okay, we're going to focus on, you know, reading smoothly a few more times. 
And then the last one is choral reading where everyone's like reading together and you're aiming for everyone sounding fluent. And this can, again, that can be done in whole group with your read aloud. So it's just trying to use slightly different setups so that everyone's involved and you can really see how students are learning from the read aloud. Yes, that is so good. And I love this because your read aloud is typically going to be done whole group. And so when you have everyone's attention, this is just a great time for the entire class to come together and be able to focus on this really, really important task of fluency. And they can do it in all of these variety of ways. I love the shared reading, the echo reading, the choral reading. And so those are great ideas. And I've gotten a few questions about, you know, fluency. And I mentioned that I always refer them (laughs) straight to your account. And I'm like, listen, she has the answers for you. She has the resources for you. Like she knows her fluency. But along with this, thinking about having students like listening to what they sound like and having them practice additional times, I think it's so key to like remember that, you know, how often do you recognize when you're doing something wrong? You think you're doing it correctly. And so... I'd shared this with a few people that had reached out. So I'm just going to share it here. So it's just living on the podcast, but something very, very easily that you can do. And I know that I'm kind of taking it old school here because of just where the day and age is, but you can definitely do this with your iPads now much easier. But I still have a living, breathing tape recorder with a tape with the the record and the pause button that you push together. And (laughs) it was just so great to be able to add that into my classroom and have students like record themselves reading because sometimes when I'm saying it to them and they're trying to say it back to me, I'm like, no, 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 like, let's try it. And they're like, no, 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 I'm doing it. And so when we could record it and they could push play and hear themselves, then it was like, oh, I, I don't sound like I thought I was sounding. And so that is just something really easy that you can do with your iPads, like use the voice recorder and just have them read it. If you do have those one or two students who are still not quite getting it, that can just be another level of just awareness to helping them to think about how they're sounding and becoming a little bit more fluent. So (laughs) yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Tip number four for us. Okay. So another thing you'll want to do is make sure you're using a variety of genres and different types of text because different types of text lend themselves to different aspects of fluency. You can pretty much pick up any type of story and be like, okay, we're going to focus on reading accurately, that kind of thing. But like students need to see that fluent reading isn't just when they're reading a chapter in a book. It's not just when they're focusing on one book, they can do it with nonfiction. You know, you can show students like how you can read for meaning and how you can read it fluently by focusing on text features. And you can say to students, like, I'm learning so much more by making sure that I'm reading these text features accurately. So I'm getting more from this text because I'm focusing on all the different parts that are included. Poems and songs really lend themselves to like how your voice fluctuates, how you can use different tone and intonation. And again, that's going to lead to them then doing it when they're on their own, reading other things besides just a book. And then novels, another thing to think about, it's like you're really creating excitement if you're reading students a novel like, and you're pausing and you're like, okay, let's talk about this part. And you can show students how like your excitement can come out of how you're reading the text. And that, again, now leads to like more engagement and it leads to kids being excited to read and it leads to them coming back to like, oh, I can't wait to hear what, you know, what's happening next. So it's like really opening up this whole everything about literacy when it comes to focusing on using all sorts of different types of text and different parts of the text that lend themselves to those different aspects of fluency. That's great because, you know, ultimately when we are trying to cultivate like our readers, they are going to be reading to and for an audience. And so 
you know, just like if you're reading to them and you are able to add this expression and this intonation, and even if it's a poem and you're able to, you know, stop at the ellipsis or stop at the hyphen or look at the bolded word or look at the italicized word, when you can be able to do that, you could almost draw the attention to your students. Like what I noticed and saw was that you all were smiling. You were sitting upright. Your eyes were excited. You were laughing. You were smiling. You can do this too. And so I think, you know, just kind of allowing them to see like, you are going to be me when you're reading and you want to make sure that your audience has that same type of experience, if you will, because we all talk about reading being an experience. And so I really, really like that. And I love that you touched on, we typically go to fiction. We typically go to stories, but it's so, so important to introduce these other types of text because honestly, that's where the fluency gets lost is when you're reading a biography, when you're reading a science passage, when you're reading a poem, when you're reading a drama, even all of those different types of structures of text is where a lot of the time students get stuck. And so the more you can bring those into your read aloud time as a whole shared experience with your whole group, that is going to just help them when they are in their small groups and then independently reading as well. So that is good. I love I love genre because it lends itself to so many different realms of reading. So, so good. All right. Our final tip that you're going to share, of course, I know there are so many things, but we're going to leave you with these five with the hopes that you'll take something and you'll be excited to go and try it. So what is the fifth tip, the final tip that we're going to share today on this show? Okay. So this is a way to get students to see that you're not the only fluent reader around. So you can have a guest reader of the week who actually will do a read aloud. I mean, this doesn't have to happen every week, however often you can fit it in, but like have a sign up list where it could be parents, it can be grandparents, it can be older students, it can be, you know, an admin or another teacher in the building, someone who has 10 minutes of time that they can come in and model fluent reading. And this is just so important because it gives students the opportunity to see other people and how they use expression, how they are doing all those things, because then it becomes more real to them. Like, oh, of course my teacher reads fluently, like that kind of thing. It's like, no, like your grandma can read fluently too, or your aunt, you know, like that kind of thing. So it's just like making those connections to like, everyone can do it. It's just like, you just got to really try and pay attention and that kind of thing. So I just love that as a way to just let students see like, you know, other people can do it. And you can even like, if you have students who are feeling super confident and they're comfortable reading in front of the group, you can have a classroom sign up where it's like, if you want to be our fluent reader of the week, sign up and you'll have the chance. And then like, you know, kids can build each other up and they can say like, I love the way that you, you know, made sure that you include the emotions of that character, whatever it is, so that you're again, making all those connections. And they're really seeing like, oh, well, if Megan can do it, then I can do it too. So it's really kind of an encouraging way to get them to see that again, it's not just the teacher who knows how to read fluently, like everyone can do it. And we're all like building those skills to all be fluent readers. Yeah, this is a really great one. And I mean, honestly, This is something that I see so much power with. It's bringing in community. It's bringing in families that are able to come in. And it really doesn't matter the dialect. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're from. Because I know I many of you all know I taught at an IB school before moving to Nashville. And in my classroom, I had eight to 10 different countries represented. And so even other people in other countries can come in and still read fluently. And so it's just so special to see But I love to just you can do this with your own classroom. Your students can sign up to be the fluent reader. You can have the guest reader. You can have the principal come in. You can have one of your former students come in. 
So you just have to kind of be a little creative, but that experience is going to be so impactful for whoever it is that gets to enter your classroom. So while you're thinking that it's just going to be something for your students to experience, that is going to give a whole different experience to that person that you're allowed to bring in. So this is great. So to recap these, you know, thinking about teacher modeling, thinking about focusing intentionally on your fluency focus of specifying exactly what it is that you want your students to take away, thinking about how you can involve and include your students within Read Aloud, bringing in different texts, using a variety of genres, and then thinking about how you can have a guest reader of the week. So love these five ideas, these five tips, super easy to implement. And so Eileen, again, I just thank you so much for being the fluency queen that you are. So are there any final remarks before we kind of do our closeout that you may want to just share when it comes to fluency? Yeah. So my biggest thing is like, I know everyone is overwhelmed in the classroom. You have so many things that you have to attend to. And it's like, you're being pulled in all these directions. And I just want you to remember that like focusing on fluency does not have to be difficult. It does not have to take a lot of time out of your day. You just want to be intentional with what you're doing for a few minutes because a focus on it has such a huge impact on readers from getting them to build their confidence, getting them to like be more accurate readers. And then of course, the most important thing, helping them improve their comprehension in such a way that now you feel like, okay, we are moving along. Like they're not just reading. They're not just, you know, not understanding what they're doing. They're understanding it. They're enjoying it. You're building like lifelong readers because you're helping them feel like I can do this and I'm going to keep developing those skills. So just keep it simple, but just make sure you're including it. Love it. Keep it simple, but it's necessary. So do it. <laughs> Looks so good. <laughs> okay. Well, I just thank you again. You are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this. I always leave with new ideas and leave feeling inspired. And so if our audience is feeling the same way that I'm feeling right now, they are probably wondering, where can I follow this person? Where can I connect with this person? How can I be able to get in contact if I have questions? So could you just go ahead and give us the rundown of where listeners can be able to connect with you and find you if they need additional support or just to kind of chat with you about fluency? Yes. Well, I absolutely like welcome any questions. So feel free to like message me on Instagram, email me. You can find my blog is Literacy with Eileen Clausen. And then that's the same as my Instagram and Facebook handle. Megan will have it in there so you know how to spell it. Yes, because I was going <laughs> to say, if you've been around for a while, you know that the spelling is not going to be the way that you hear it. So I will definitely have these nicely laid out and linked in the show notes. So be sure to visit the show notes. Okay, keep going. Oh, yeah. No. And otherwise, my TPT story is also my name. And then if you go to my blog, you'll see I have a whole section like dedicated to fluency. So if there are things that you're like wondering about, you can definitely search on there. Otherwise, I do have like fluency passages on TPT. And I also have a brand new fluency course. It's a mini course. I kept it again, short and simple because I know that's the way to go. It includes a bunch of resources that'll help you like, you know, get on your way with fluency in simple ways. Yes. So if you and I've kind of had a chance to, to peek through it and I'm I'm telling you, if you are like, I don't know where to where to start, but this is definitely something that your students need that is not up for question. This course just beautifully walks you through how you can be able to start these processes and you're going to realize that you can do it with very little time and with such ease. And so all of this is going to be linked in the show notes for you. So whether you're needing passages just to be able to use or to send home, 
or to, you know, put into your workstations or whatever form or fashion you need them. She just has a variety of things that can support you with fluency. And so all of those will be linked in the show notes. But Eileen, thank you again for coming on and for talking with us. You've just been phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. This was always so fun. And we will be back next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.